CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News, the newspaper of record, both online and in print, for Parksville Qualicum Beach and the surrounding communities. Visit us online at pqbnews.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to PQ Beat. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the PQB News and VI Free Daily. For about 18 months now, we've all been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. It has affected almost every aspect of our lives, personally and professionally. But now, as we continue to move beyond the COVID restrictions, we wanted to take a look at what lies ahead. To talk about that, we're happy to be joined by Dr. Mike Benusik, Medical Health Officer at Island Health. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much for having me, and good morning. Let's get right into it. Island Health recently surpassed the 1 million mark in terms of vaccinations. How important is that number? When I, when I take a moment to reflect and think about how we're about six months really into our vaccine rollout, and just the milestones that we've celebrated, you know, thinking about the first the hundredth dose that was administered, and then the thousandth dose, and then 10,000, 100,000, 1 million, it blows me away. My hat goes off to uh, islanders who have, by and large, came out in droves and rolled their sleeves up. And I think everyone collectively wants to be protected, to protect others, and to get this pandemic behind us. Specifically on the 1 million mark, it shows that we're really a very highly protected area when it comes to COVID-19. When we pair um, Canada uh, against other countries and regions, we have some of the highest vaccination rates of of the world. Again, just remarkable to see just how everyone, I think, through the pandemic has realized we're all in this together. And I think that same approach has come with vaccination is that we're all in this together. We want to get this over. We see all kinds of theories out there, especially online. What are some of the common misconceptions about vaccines? I would say the most common misconception that I hear specific to the COVID-19 vaccines is that they're this completely new type of vaccine that's never been used before. A part of that is true. And I think that sometimes with, with different theories that come about is that they can be rooted in truth, but there could be a lot of misconceptions surrounding it. And so specific to the COVID-19 vaccines that have the mRNA, so that's um, Moderna and Pfizer, the vast majority of the process is kind of tried, tested, and true vaccinology. So, you know, with the vaccines, it's always providing an antigen or, or, or something that the body can identify as belonging to a virus or a bacteria, and then the body creating an immune response about that. And, and that's what these vaccines do. The only difference is that where that antigen is actually coming from. With the mRNA vaccines, what happens is that there's that chunk of nucleic acid, basically it's almost the same thing as DNA. Body takes that in, it creates chunks of the the spike protein found on COVID-19 of that virus, and then that's what the body identifies and creates antibodies against. And then the DNA that's put into the body, it's very quickly um, chewed up. It can't get integrated into people's DNA, into their body, It, it, it goes away. So with that, it's very similar to actually how the hepatitis B vaccine works where they inject a a bit of the protein itself, and then the body creates antibodies against that protein, and then the protein gets eaten up. I think it's very understandable that that people, especially early on in the rollout, had concerns and questions about this new technology, 
But I think people are really coming along and thinking that, you know, this isn't that new. And there's also been worldwide, I think about a billion people provided vaccine. And the vast, vast, vast majority of people have temporary side effects, as we would expect with vaccines. Speaking of the side effects, and anecdotally here is, I hear from a lot of people that the reaction to the second vaccine is a little bit worse. Can you tell us why that might be? It really is variable person to person. Anecdotally, you can have some people who say, I was floored by dose one, but dose two, I didn't notice a thing, or, or vice versa. Or you could have people who say that both doses had similar side effects. But overall, when we look at studies that were done with the, with the vaccines and what we've learned during the rollout is that typically people do have more severe side effects after the second dose. And the reason for that is it's pretty simple when it comes to just vaccines in general is that the first dose, it primes the body. It's the first time, unless someone has had COVID in the past, the first time that their body is actually being exposed to that protein, which ends up being the protein on the outside of the COVID-19 virus. And so it's not an immediate reaction where the body is developing immunity. The body takes time to develop the immunity. And that's why it can be sometimes delayed when people have side effects after the first dose, and it can be a bit more mild. Whereas in the second dose, the body's ready. It has these antibodies that are hanging around, just waiting to have a either COVID-19 virus or any other thing that looks like COVID-19 enter the body. And so the, the body is going to attack that as soon as it enters. And so that's why when people have dose two, sometimes it can be pretty immediate afterwards that they're starting to have side effects. And those side effects can be more severe because the body's primed for that. And that's, that's the whole purpose in a way. That's what a booster is. And this is not specific to the COVID-19 vaccine. This is seen um, in a lot of other vaccines is that the second dose can be, you know, uh, provide a bit more of intense symptoms than the first dose. Now, how do you feel about the easing of restrictions, the resumption of travel, eating in restaurants and the like? How important is a return to normalcy for everyone? The pandemic has impacted every single person on earth, every single person in BC, everyone in the Island Health region, everyone in Parksville, Qualcomm. And it's impacted people in different ways. For some people, the impact has been that they've been harmed by the COVID-19 virus directly, that they've had illness, uh, that they potentially had to have been hospitalized or had to quarantine, or they've had friends or family or people that they know who have had illness or had to hospitalize. And of course, uh, people have died, many people worldwide. And we've been very fortunate that within the island, we've had a lower rate of death than other areas, likely because we've just had less COVID overall, which I, I think there's many reasons for that. I think a lot of people are affected indirectly in a way, people who have not contracted COVID or do not know of someone who got COVID. But, you know, being in a, a state of anxiety and fear with a, a new virus and a new and a pandemic and new things that I, most people, including myself, have never seen, like uh, government restrictions and um, um, on where you can travel and what you can do and, and who you can be with, I think has obviously left a toll on people's emotional health. And I do think it's really important. And that's why I really support what's, what's happening provincially of thinking, okay, the treatment is there. Vaccine rates are high. And now we can carefully remove those layers of restrictions to get back to what's normal for people. 
and try to decrease that anxiety, to decrease that fear, to make things back to normal, to to have socialization again. And, and I think that's incredibly, incredibly important for people. I do think, of course, that people are going to go at their own rate. And so my request definitely would be respect where people are at. Some people are going to move quicker. Some people are going to move slower. Try to come to a, a level of understanding and compassion of where people are at. Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across B.C. where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across B.C., the best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. Now, along those lines, you mentioned the word careful. How important is is that word as we try to avoid a stampede back to uh, normalcy, as we suggested? Not to sound like a, just a mouthpiece, but I really do support the strategy of a phased approach back in. It sets good expectations for people to be like, okay, well, this is what we're doing now on July 19th but I can go in the BC restart plan and say, okay, this looks like we, what we might be doing in September. This is how things are going to change. And these are what needs to be in place for this to change. And so it can set that expectation. People can prepare mentally instead of being in a situation where let's say if it was, okay, well, right now we're going from everyone's um, required to wear masks in indoor settings. You can have no gatherings with people outside your household let's say no travel outside of your health region, to just saying all of those restrictions are gone. Now we're going to go completely back. I think that would leave a lot of people just in like a state of, well, well what, what do I do now? And, and feeling uncertain. So I do think that having that staged in approach is good for both, you know, just to ensure that at each stage that we're not seeing increased um, harms from COVID because of it. And then also providing just a gradual return for people. What are some of the important lessons we can learn from having dealt with this pandemic? To be honest, to me, one of the most important lessons is the effectiveness of vaccination. It's not a coincidence that the hospitalizations, deaths, and the number of COVID cases that we were seeing has just plummeted when the vaccine rollout really kicked into high gear. Before COVID, as a public health physician, I was dealing with times when there's um, a whooping cough outbreak or measles outbreak. There's a very substantial measles outbreak that occurred in the U.S. and parts of Canada. There was measles cases, and particularly in some areas of Europe, a couple of years back. And I think that's because people, understandably, they stopped seeing the value of vaccines if there has been a, a disease where we're basically not seeing it anymore. If it's not in front of your face, it makes sense to say, like, well, I don't know what the benefit of getting that vaccine is. To me, this is a reminder of, like, how we have now, like, to me, an entire generation of people who can see the value of vaccines. And I really hope that this disseminates just into vaccines in general. People are have that in mind about the value of vaccines. The one other thing that I would hope people as a society we, we take forward is just the general precautions when it comes to uh, being sick. I think back to when I used to work in a family medicine clinic and during cold and flu season, we would have a, a waiting room just like full of people who were coughing and sneezing. No one's wearing masks. People would come into my office. I wouldn't be wearing a mask. They wouldn't be wearing a mask. And I would get sick. And just, I hope that that's something we could take forward is that, you know, if you're sick, stay home. If you can't stay home, because I think it's very easy for me to say stay home if sick, but there's many reasons why someone can't. 
of course, wash your hands, cover your mouth. But also, I would like to see if people are themselves coughing, sneezing, wearing a mask in the future when with other people. I would really like to see that continue on moving forward. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. It's like you can read my mind. My next question was actually, do you believe that mask wearing, hand washing and other directives have helped in terms <laughs> of reducing cold and flu? And Absolutely. And the fact that there was virtually no influenza in Canada the last season, I think there's a lot of factors into that. But big ones is that the measures that work against COVID-19 work against other respiratory viruses. It's always about finding that balance because a lot of the reasons for that is because really strict measures in, in many areas of the world that basically prevented the spread of influenza. Now, I don't think that's something that we would want to have in place every cold and, and flu season, saying that you know people restricting where people travel, who they associate with, and, and where they're working, let's say, having a, a work-from-home order. But I do think that we can take forward some of those lessons learned to find that balance. And I think masking if you're sick or if you're concerned you have symptoms is, to me, a pretty easy one. So what are your plans for the summer? Well, my plans, I guess, first and foremost, professionally, is to continue with the vaccine rollout. Our rates on the island are, in my mind, are excellent. And what I'm really happy with is we're seeing pretty similar coverage across the island, there's not a specific reason where there's a much lower rate. Of course, there's some fluctuation, but there's not like an area of the island where I think that the rates are so low that that's of imminent concern. On that, we're pushing forward to really make sure that the barriers are as low as possible for people getting their first doses. And we're still seeing about you know 5,000 people a, a week who are, are coming out for their first doses. And right now, anyone can walk into any of the immunization sites to get a first dose if they haven't received it. So that's a pretty low barrier. We're also looking at further ways to bring vaccines to people. We've done that in some places like, well, all of our whole communities, but also Lake Cowichan and Shawnigan Lake and to Crofton and um, other places where we can bring vaccines to people just in case they are located a bit further away from a vaccine site. So really trying to get as many first doses into people who want it and reducing those barriers and then continuing full steam ahead with the second dose rollout. And then personally, um, as with the entirety of society, I've, I've lived in this pandemic for 18 months and I'm looking forward to a little bit more downtime and uh, exploring this island that's still relatively new to me. Is there somewhere specifically that you'd like to get to on the island? I grew up in Alberta, central Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. The winters were cold and the summers were full of bugs. So now on Vancouver Island, it's paradise and every little place is a new place to explore. My partner is from the island, and so she's basically my tour guide. I think of the next place to go, probably just small paddling trips. Love to go up to Clayquot Sound and to the Broken Group Islands. We'll just have to figure that out and, and make sure, of course, to check in ahead of time that it's open and the First Nations whose land it is, is also welcoming people. Because I think that's a really important thing for people when they are traveling is that, again, not everyone's on the exact same page right now. so. Before traveling, just make sure you're very aware of where you're going about if there's other restrictions in place. Mike, it was great to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for covering this, and all the best. That's this edition of PQ Beat. 
produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. The West Coast Traveler is an adventure in itself with content created by professional journalists and amazing photos provided by our readers. WestCoastTraveler.com is the newest travel network exploring all corners of Western Canada and the U.S. You'll see stunning photos and videos, read engaging travel features from around Western Canada and the U.S., experience all the West Coast has to offer. Begin planning your next adventure. Visit WestCoastTraveler.com.